Ladies, gentlemen, and people in between the genders, fans of BL, the BL Clinic presents <laughs> the top ten scenes of all time. It's all undecisive. I'm a nun. I'm here for the sex. This will be the most iconic scene in all of BL. The chicken is not pleased. Misun-san, misun-san, misun-san. Oh, is he talking about the blue balls in the audience? Hello again, Dr. Fish. Are you ready? I know you've been working very hard, and I know it's been excruciating for you personally to try and weed out ten, only ten. In fact, both of us failed at limiting it to only ten. So, listeners, you're going to get some extras for your money here. Not that you're spending money on our podcast. Uh, but if you feel like it, please let us know. <laughs> we'll tell you where to send a check. Um, but yes, Dr. Fish, I, I understand that you, I believe, had to winnow down from 75 choices. Yes, I had about 70-something choices. And I would say uh, I probably spent way more time than I thought I, I, I should <laughs> trying to narrow it down to 10 top 10 and then i decided that since i couldn't narrow it down really to top 10 i then added 10 that are honorable mention it was really hard to to decide and i actually had to ask people to because i i could not make the decision on my own i'm so undecisive <laughs> that's funny well that's it's very very good work very admirable that you got from 75 to 10 plus your honorable mentions i i I mean, I didn't think I was cheating, but I could be accused of cheating. I did 10 tie, top 10 tie BLs, top 10 non-tie BLs from Korea, Japan, Taiwan, uh, Philippines, Vietnam. Uh, and then I had a few runner, runners up, not as many as you did, I don't think. But uh, so there's going to be a like an Easter basket filled with nummy top scenes for our listeners today. Yeah, but this first, why don't we describe what we mean by top 10 scenes in BL? Because I think each person has like a different definition of that, what that means. Exactly. So listeners, here's our criteria. Each of us, we had some similar, some different criteria for what makes a scene worthy of being called best or top 10. For me... It was two things. It was scenes that I, as a theater practitioner and a director and writer, I thought stood out for exemplary samples of good writing, good directing, good acting, all coming together to make a scene that was structured well, but that went above and beyond. It was resonant. It had meaning outside of the immediate context of the story. Uh, it kind of was a, a historic rememberable uh, scene in the history of the genre and it, it stuck out to fans because it was extraordinary for the genre uh, and that is sort of my objective criteria and the second criteria I had was um, just selfishness just did it touch my heart did it make me cry what about your criteria as you know I'm a scientist <laughs> there's something fishy about and that <laughs> nothing fishy about that right yeah. I actually did an excel worksheet <laughs> Oh my I'm God. a nerd. You are totally, totally. Like, it's not like Excel spreadsheets are great for work, but this is a man who on his own time with no pay put yes. BLs I, that he watches online it, into a spreadsheet. In an Excel worksheet. Yeah. You know who does that too? I, I bet Dr. Hernandez. Yes, I bet. I yeah, bet, Dr. Uh, Hernandez. Visiting Dr. Hernandez. Yeah, he is, does. Yes. 
He, he, yeah. He's got a smell spreadsheet on him. Yes. Iodine so, and spreadsheet. Oh, I have, I have laugh at him. But so what, anyway, so, so what, I, what made I it into did, your spreadsheet? What are your criteria that got them on your Okay, so what, this is what I put in my spreadsheet. One is significance, which is what you were talking about, the history. Like, is it historical, right? Yes. The other one was impact. So the other thing is the production values. So how is the acting in this scene? Is the production good? Right. The other one, which is sort of similar to significance, is where the scene in my mind was iconic, meaning that mm-hmm. I think people recognize this scene. Right. So historical and significance is separate from that, right? Okay. So the other category is where it was a personal favorite, which is what you were saying, subjective. Which brings us to the all-time top ten BLCs! All right, shut up, chicken. That's my chicken. My chicken watches BL as well. Yeah, and the chicken has a very important role in the clinic, right? Yes, the, the chicken the, the, is the one the, who keeps all the files and answers the phones. And and keeps the people from getting into the sperm bank. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. only people with a pecker are It scares are people away from the sperm bank. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'll do a tie and a non-tie together if you'll do one of yours and we'll go back and forth. Number 10. Okay. Are yours in any order of so, quality? Like I didn't put mine in any order of quality. I did. Oh, oh, yeah, I did. I okay. put them in order. Yeah. So this is number 10. So if we include Love of Siam in BL, which can be a controversial decision, and I'm not going to get into that, then this will be the most iconic scene in all of BL. And it is the scene where Mario's character tells Peach's character that I cannot be your boyfriend, but that doesn't mean I don't love you. It felt like a bucket of ice cold water in your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's that's my number ten. Hello, fellow friends. This is Doctor Jose, and I am here because Sister Unity forgot to do some basic counting before Sister Unity entered the clinic, and because of that, now we have to wait. Well, we're back, <laughs> um, yeah. dear listener. I apologize for the pause. It is Sister Unity's fault. My fault. Because I, I was quickly going over my order of scenes, and well, it seems that I've only gotten a top nine. Sister Unity does not know how to count. That that's a problem in the clinic all the time. <laughs> I'm a nun. I'm here for the sex, not for the numbers. <laughs> Tell me the yeah. last time you used the Pythagorean's, uh, the whatever the thing is theorem. <laughs> yes, that thing. See, see, it's it's not my karma. So. Yeah. Dr. Fish, why don't you give us your number nine, since I don't have a number okay. 10 to compare to yours? Okay. Okay, I'll go to number nine. Uh, okay, so my number nine is actually one that maybe you have from Bad Buddy. That's this, this scene where Pran breaks down. He cries on Pat's arms. And it's a very powerful moment. That brings us to my number nine. And my number nine for Thai BLs is from Make It Right, which was the first full BL series I watched, uh, the one that addicted me. And it's about halfway through, I think, where T tells Few in bed. Few is talking about this and that, and can they be together, or should they not be together? And T tells Few, for me, you are the most important thing. And 
It is so, Boom is just so sweet and so gentle and so sincere. You, you hope that Fio, whose mind is like a, a rabid squirrel, will calm down and hear the truth <laughs> of the love from this gentle, beautiful being, and he will just be there for him. My number nine for a non-tie is from Boy's Lockdown, and it's the ending when the two are in bed, and the openness and the excitement between them is so like that moment, a first love that first moment when you acknowledge it to each other and it's go and everything is a green light. It's the sweetest feeling in the world. So that places, that's the ending of Boys Lockdown is my number nine. It is a very good scene. Yeah. It is a great series, actually. We yeah. both love that series. For my money, the entire series could be a just considered one top thing. It gets the top place. Oh, yeah. I mean, if we talk about a series that has have made me cry or something, i probably include it, yeah. Well, my next one, is at my number eight, I believe. It is the scene where Poon confesses to No. I think that scene for people that watch nowadays, if you have never watched Love Sick and you watch this scene, you will say, oh, it's silly, it's stupid, not really that great. For me, at the moment I watch, you have to understand where it's coming from. I had watched Love of Siam multiple times. And the problem in Love of Siam is that the lovers are not allowed to love each other because the parents get in the way right they their loyalty to their family takes precedence over their loyalty to each other and when i watched lovesick i was not expecting what happens in lovesick and that is that no tells poon if you forget about everything and what people expect from you what do you want and poon answers i want you no and i started crying <laughs> just mm-hmm. like i yeah and the people that created Lovesick, they knew the significance of that line because they used it in the OST video. Mm-hmm. The music video ends with that line. It ends with Poon telling, no, I want you, no. Mm. You have to understand the context in order to, to understand its significance. Yes, that's right. Without the context, it's not nearly as resonant. If you just took that line on its own or in a yeah. scene without much buildup, it's it's a nice line, but yeah. it doesn't have nearly the meaning. I think the context for me is more my own history with, with Tybeel series, having seen a couple of movies and series and having seen a lot of Asian movies that don't have happy endings. And so for me, that was amazing. Number eight in Thai BLs is from Lovely Writer, and it's the press conference. Mm-hmm. The real deliciousness of the scene in a, in a painful way is Jean, who is, you know he's torn to shreds. You know he is in pain. He is forced to lie. The head of the production company is sitting next to him, and she leans over to him at one point, and she goes, this is the part where you smile, which is the height of emotional injustice. Not only has this witch forced them apart, ripped the lovers apart, but now she's forcing him to smile to the press, to the fans, to the world about the fact that they are not lovers. It's wicked. And he half succeeds in scraping his face into a half-hearted smile. And it's excruciating to watch. Very, very poignant about, very for me, a very poignant indictment of the manipulation by advertising and marketing in, in the BL industry. Yeah. And for a gay a gay boy or girl or, or someone in between, I think it rings true with us because of the times when we've had to pretend we were not in love. So for me, that made this mm. scene 
uh, one of my top 10. Yeah, and I think it is the climax of the entire series, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, it is a climactic point. It's right, it, the climax of them being torn apart, and then, of course, they come back together yeah. for the uh, the other climax, the yeah. denouement. My number eight on the so. non-tie list is from History Right or Wrong, which is one of my all-time favorite BLs. And it's when uh, Shijie confesses to his intern and babysitter that he loves him. He is such a plucky character, and he's got so much élan that I just love the way that and he's so blunt about his affection for this guy. And and, and, and the guy says, like, oh, you know, he's trying to argue, and he's like, but um, I'm younger than you. And he goes... Don't you think that at this point in time, it's a rather detestable thing to say to me while I'm telling you that I love you? It's just, <laughs> uh, it's, it's what I, I wish someone that I thought was attractive had come on to me the way Shia Jay comes, comes on to him. Um, so that one is yeah, one, yeah. a personal It's a great thing. series, yeah. 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 Which brings us to number seven, 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 seven. Okay, so number seven for me is from Lovesick also. And it is also what I think is uh, an iconic scene. Now, I don't think this is the most iconic line of this series, but I think for me, it should have been. It's from season two, and it is when Jeet asks, no, no, are you gay? And no response. He's walking away from her. He's washing the dishes. Yeah, they're washing the dishes. Yeah, they're washing the dishes, but at that point, he's walking away from her. And she asks him, are you gay? No. Right, and she throws it at him. And no turns around and says... I call it love. And mm. then he, he keeps walking. It is it is my favorite line from Lovesick. It is, to me, I, I love that scene because of the meaning of this scene. Mm. I, I know you could argue against what they're doing in that scene, which is that he's not saying he's gay, right? He's not saying I'm gay. Mm. But I think the idea behind it is that love is love. And we yes. should not label it. That's why it's genius. He says two things with one sentence. He says... Yeah, I'm gay. What about it? And he says, there's a higher ideal here, and you're stuck in bigotry. I encourage people who are listening to this episode to watch Lovesick if they have not, because it is an iconic series, and it is a very good series. It is. It earns the title that those of us who've been watching for a long time, it earns the title we gave it of being the grandfather of BLs. Oh, the mother of BLs is what people call it, yeah. Really? I have to go and check for a Well, because the grandmother or the grandfather would be Love of Siam, right? <laughs> no, it depends, again... It's very controversial. Is Love of Siam a BL? I think we can do a whole episode about it. I'm going to say it's a it's a zygote. It's a BL zygote. It's a proto-BL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my number seven for Thai BLs is also from Love Sick. And it is the moment uh, in this, around the same time, There, the, all of these scenes are for when uh, they're on a camping trip to go and plant uh, trees in a forest to do some reforestry. And mine is when uh, the girls are all in the girl's bathroom and uh, Jeet has been mm -hmm. causing trouble here as well. And the girls stand up to Jeet and they're like, you know, we've had enough of your BS and knows ex-girlfriend who Jeet is trying to goad and taunt. She says, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, she's, she, she says, you know, he would never say the things that you say that you accuse him of. He treats me so well. He is the finest person I know. And No has not broken up well with her, and he no he feels guilty about how he's treated her and kind of dismissed her to jump over to Poon. And he hears this, and he realizes 
how she sees him and how good she is and he is mollified and a little ashamed and he then goes on to make it up to her and to restore their friendship yeah it was so stirring in my heart we all have moments where we don't feel good about ourselves and to hear someone else speak so well of you when they don't know you're listening that is such a, a golden olympic medal of goodness to receive uh, it's such a boon and um, so that really that really resonated with me. And I thought it was a beautiful, beautiful moment and very clever that the way that they made him hear it without sort of being in the room with them. Yeah. Also, it was really nice to see. It was really nice to see the bitch get her comeuppance. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Yeah, I know. Everybody really hated Jeet, right? Yeah. She uh, did a good okay, job. So you have another hateful. one? So, yes, my non-tie yeah. number seven is from also from the history series. It's from Hero one of the first in the, the Taiwanese history series. It's the end. It's the last moment. And the whole premise is that a woman has died and a nerdy guy has died. And the woman and, and the sort of angel of death, who uh, is this really cute guy that I want to date, comes to her soul and is like, look, I know you're really pissed about dying. I'll give you another chance. You can inhabit this guy's body. And if you can get your ex, your, your boyfriend, who's not your ex, you know, you died. Uh, if you can get that boyfriend to kiss you, uh, before three days or some, something like three days, then you can come back to life and stay and, and be on Earth. At the very last minute, she's kind of given up, but then the boyfriend comes and finds, kisses the guy with the girl's soul in it, and the camera pans in a circle around them. And as it passes behind Mr. Gorgeous, it, when it starts to pan behind him, you see the girl kissing the actor, uh, the, the, the female mm-hmm. actress kissing the guy. And then when it passes behind him and when it comes off the left side of his head it's not the girl anymore it's the guy and clearly they've just done a jump cut or something but it's seamless you don't see it it's very cleverly shot and he's kissing the guy and then all of a sudden it cuts to the girl standing next to the angel of death looking all depressed and she's like damn it i should have remembered that the third wheel always loses out on the guy in the end of these series and the nerdy guy gets the boy in the end, which is kind of what the series led us up to wanting. So for me, that, that mm. put that one in my uh, number seven in my top ten. Which brings us to okay. number six! I mean six! Six! Six, 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 six. <laughs> uh, well, actually, my number six is it's not a sex scene, but it's before for a sex scene and that is the my day rooftop kiss scene i think mm. that scene is to some degree i would say it's the, it's the iconic scene of the series yes it is and it is also a very important scene to some degree in the history of bl because it really took the concept of a disney prince and kind of of uh, translated into BL. Which is was the goal of the uh, author. I, I think so, yeah. I, I have always said that the whole series is Disney. They took yeah. the inspiration from Disney. So I, I think, I, I can't remember how many times I watched that kiss scene. Have you watched it many times? I know I watch it at least four or five times, minimum. A handful of times. It's big and it's juicy. And there are fireworks. Yeah, there are fireworks. I mean, they are fireworks, literally. So, mm-hmm. and the music, I mean, I, and so here we can talk a little bit about what makes a scene special, right? So in this case, it, there's so many elements, the production elements. So you have the acting is, is good. I mean, it's not excellent, but it's good. You have the music. You have the special effects with the fireworks. Yeah. You have the way the camera moves around. This is a theory I have. 
And I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I believe that the director, the way he shot this scene, he shot what I imagine was when they were kind of either practicing or, or about to do it for the first time in front of the camera. Like he let that take in there. And so you see Aki's trepidation, like he's nervous and he looks really nervous. And I think it's not the character. It's not because the character is supposed to be nervous. Like he's really mm -hmm. nervous. And I like that that scene because I think you get to see something that looks very real because the first time you kiss a guy, you are nervous. Yes, good choice. I still play the song from that series, Hindi Ako Bibita, and it yeah. never fails to make me weep. Yeah. So my number six, six from Thailand, it's from Sotis, mm -hmm. and it's from the first Sotis, oh, yeah. and it's when Kongpa mm -hmm. leaves Artit's gear with Artit in the gymnasium and walks away from Artit mm -hmm. because Artit cannot make up his goddamn mind whether he is in love with Kongpop or or rather because they they know they're in love with each other Kongpop knows Artit loves him but he can't make up his mind to admit it and to commit to it and Kongpop mm -hmm. says if you can't commit to it then I got to go and he leaves the gear that Artit had given to him to caretake because the gear means his heart In, for an engineer that your gear is your, represents your heart and when you give it to someone it means yeah. hold my heart for me and Kung Pao gives it back puts it on the stage and walks away and this beautiful shot like this is a, the second one in a row where the, the cinematography is part of what makes the scene powerful there's um, Artit sitting on the stage in the background and in a straight line coming towards us Kong Pop just walks towards us so Artit can't see his face but we watch his face the whole time and it's And this is why Singto is a sought-after uh, sought actor. His face says everything about the fact that his heart is absolutely broken because Artit just can't commit to loving him back. I will add kind of as an interesting tidbit that in chronological order, right, mm -hmm. I believe that Sotus is the first series to have professional actors. The first TIBL series, like proper TIBL series with professional actors. Because before that, we got movies, yes. And we had a couple of series, but all these series had young, inexperienced well, actors. Well, Lovesick and Make It so, Right yes. were both before SOTUS. Did they not have... Were those actors yes. not professional? No, no. They had, like, a couple in the series. Like, you know, like, uh, the, the, the girl that played Jid yeah. was a professional actress. You're telling me Captain but, and White you know, weren't... Trained actors? No, they're not, no. Really? No, they had coaching, you know, they did coaching, you know, but they were really? like young 15-year-old, like, that was their first acting gig, I think. So, certainly for and White and Captain. And, and make it right, Peak and Boom and Ohm and Thoe Same were thing. all untrained? Yeah. Yep. That's mm -hmm. astounding. First acting gigs, for, yeah. for the work they did, that's astounding. Yeah. Bravo. Yeah. It, yeah. it goes to one of the yeah. strengths, which I really appreciate about the Thai production technique, which is that they workshop, they rehearse and workshop, yeah, workshop their stories yeah. beforehand. And I think that's just really good, good practice for getting very rich emotions in, in a scene at a Welsh. Yeah. And one of the things they, my understanding is one of the things they do in the workshops is they study the characters. Yes. So it is literally they workshop the, just for the, the series, because they are and, working They're, they're trying to make the actor understand the character, yes. And the relationships as well. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So my uh, number six that is non-Thai, and this will appear twice in my list, is from a Japanese BL movie called Him. And there was a series called Him where this couple meets as teenagers by a beachside community. 
And the movie is them after college in young adulthood. And they were lovers through high school and they were lovers in college. And then they graduate college and one of them splits. And he goes off and tries to live the life that you're supposed to have of having a, a wife and a kid and, and doing what's you know expected of you. And it doesn't work. And he mm -hmm. comes back to this little rural town to find his lover and to try and rebuild. Um, and this, the, the number six scene on my list is uh, where the lover who has been living in the town in the closet didn't want to be in love with anyone, had finally made peace with the breakup on his own, doesn't want to be bothered by anyone. His lover's come back, forced his way back to his life. And in this scene, there is a funeral for a man that had befriended the guy they're all sitting in the town cultural center and having beer and something to eat. And he comes in and and he decides to come out and he comes out to the town and he sort of announcement style stands in front of them all and tells them that he's gay. And this older one, then there's silence and this and that he loves the guy he's been living with. And there's silence. And then this older woman with like short cropped hair turns around from her table and says, hey, you should live proudly. And she raises a glass to him. And then everyone goes back to talking and he sits down and it's no big deal. And for those of us who have had to come out, when you're gay, you don't come out just once. You find yourself coming out repeatedly to your family, to your friends, at work. You switch jobs. You have to come out again. It goes on through life. And it was such a great moment of his courageousness and of the town's acceptance, just flat out, calm, everyday acceptance that puts that one on my list. It's a great segue to my next scene. Number five! My favorite number. Oh, yeah. So number five is actually a coming out scene. And it is the coming out of Om's character, Tum. I think it's Tum or Tun. In his coming to me. Mm -hmm. I have watched that scene probably three or four times And I think I have always cried every time I watch it. And I actually watch a behind the scenes. And in the behind the scenes, the, the lady who played the mom, she said that, I don't know if it was the director who told her or if she just interpreted that, but she said that she was not supposed to cry because she wanted to show strength. Like she's a strong person and she wants to show strength to her kid. Like it's not like a tragic thing. You're coming out. It's not, there's no reason for me to cry. But she said that because Om broke down so badly, like Om was crying so yeah. that she broke down herself and she could not hold back who her tears. Would, who wouldn't watching yeah. Om yeah. being sincere I know. and breaking down, you know? I know. Yeah. yeah, and then like it was funny too because like Om... Alma got an award, I think. I think he got some kind of award for his role in, in his coming to me. And oh, I, I cried because like, he started crying and talking. I forget what he was. He was thanking people and saying, oh, thank you so much and blah, blah, blah. When he got and, the Yeah, award. no, I mean, um, when Alma cries, I cry. But that scene <laughs> is very powerful. And yeah. I think this scene is powerful because part of it is that like you said, like sometimes when we see a scene like that, we, we recognize Uh, something that we have experienced and we yes. connect to the scene in a very intimate way. Yes. And I think maybe that happens to me with, with this scene. So like it was all the same age that I came out and everything. So yeah, it was a very powerful scene. And, and to this day, I still cry when I watch it. To me, this yep. I, I would say it's the best coming out scene in Thai BL that I have mm -hmm. seen 
still to this day. Excellent. You're right about we watch these things and they resonate with us. One of the reasons I realized after, I think it was right after I had watched Make It Right and Love Sick and I had seen Waterboys the movie. And I realized that one of the reasons I was just scarfing these up is because of the way they were affecting me. This is like, it's like, you know, you go to the gym to work out. I go to BLs to sort of work out my heart and put it through its paces by feeling the intensity of love and the intensity of sadness and the intensity of longing regularly. Like, you know, weekly, your weekly schedule of shows you watch, yeah. it, that's your gym workout for, for your emotions. So I think you're right about that. And that's, that's why this genre is so important to me. Uh, my number five yeah. for Ty is from Two Moons, the original which is one of my personal all-time favorites. The scene is when Pa and Yo are texting their confession to each other in a car ride home from the beach. They've gone to the beach for a school function, and they sort of mm-hmm. kind of had a confrontation where Yo says, "You don't know, un- you don't understand anything." And so Pa takes the leap. He talks to his friends in the car, and his friends are so supportive and so smart. And he works up the nerve, and he texts Yo by. A picture of the note that Yo had left for him or had dropped by accident when he ran away from confessing to Pa when they were in high school. And mm-hmm. he didn't know that Pa had picked up the note that had the note and had it all these years in his wallet. And so he takes a picture of that note, of Yo's note, and he texts the picture of Yo's note to Yo, thus telling Yo, I have it. I love you too. And that's just, it's a clever device. It's a total device. And you and I criticize a lot of things for being contrived. But here's the difference between something that comes off as contrived and something, and a contrivance that works. When it works, it's part of the story organically. And the cleverness of it takes you to new heights of enjoyment of the emotions and characters and relationships. When it's contrived, when you criticize it for being contrived, it takes you out of the story. Because the yes. director or the author's, you know, absolute white-knuckled grip on the steering wheel of control, uh, you're going to love this. I swear you're going to love that. Look how clever I'm being, <laughs> overwhelms the characters, the relationship, and the story organically. And, and you're looking at someone's cleverness, not at the story. But when it works, they are seamless together. And this, for me, was that. It worked beautifully. So that's my number five for Ty BL. Can I confess something, Sister Unity? Oh, here it comes. Oh, sit down, everyone. <laughs> sit down. Dr. Fish is going to admit something. Go ahead. Uh, I have not watched the original Two Moons. <laughs> the chicken is not pleased. Shame I'm gonna I, I'm gonna watch it because uh, I have been I mean I've been postponing it but I, I'll watch it eventually because I, I think you're right in thinking about your description of, of these scenes you know I think oh, I, I think maybe there's something about two moons too they didn't translate the the text very well maybe I no. don't know yeah, I, I didn't find two moons to that moving mm-hmm. you know like it wasn't nope. a moving story yeah no nope. I did feel that the so. two lead the lead couple of Pa and Yo were miscast. Um, uh, Benjamin was a totally fine actor, totally watchable and good looking. I just don't think that was the right part for him. But this is about yeah, a top yeah. 10 list, not about the dregs. So, uh, yeah, the sorry, n- sorry, number sorry. five, I, no, it's, it's quite all right. It's, these <laughs> things are so resonant that they pull up all sorts of other resonances. Uh, yeah, yeah. Num- my number five for a non Thai BL was a, another Taiwanese, excuse me, was a Japanese BL, and it's Life, Love on the Line. 
And it's the scene when Akiro is sitting with his family while his mother lectures his sister about the fact that she's brought home a guy from either Pakistan or India and wants to marry him. And is, and the mother, who is a traditionalist, is like, are you kidding me? What will the neighbors say? And she says, why couldn't you be normal like Akiro? He got married. He's got a perfect life. And Akiro, who has divorced his wife and realized that he completely flushed his life down the toilet when he broke up with the true love of his life, he stands up and he's, he can't take it anymore. And he's like, enough! I have a horrible life because all this time I've been trying to do what's perfect and it doesn't work. And she's like, but you have your wife. And he's like, we got divorced. And he puts his mother in her place. And so, and the funny part is he tells his mother that he's in love with Yuki. And Yuki's kind of geeky and nerdy and, and creative and wonderfully so. But his, the type of person that his mother, because he's male and because he's kind of shaggy, like recoils from. And he makes her eat it. He makes her eat it. And the mm-hmm. father, he, he leaves and the father stops him and he says, live your life proudly. A total affirmation. It's such a great scene, such a good coming out scene. And, and then he walks out of the room and the, uh, the husband, the prospective husband of, the, of his sister is standing by the doorway listening. And he's weeping and he hugs him for putting him, sacrificing himself to stand up for their love. It's just, it's such a feel good moment. And it's a really great um, climax of the series and a really great coming out all together. Okay, I, I'll watch it because, you know, I, I, it sounds like a really good series. And I would say this, one of the things that I was talking about before, you're talking about uh, what makes a great scene. And I see a lot of those elements there. You have comedy, you have emotional, like, catharsis. You yes. have all these elements coming together in a scene. That That's what makes a good scene. You know, acting probably is very good because Japanese BLs usually have very good acting. So, yes. yeah. That's right. Um, and Japanese BLs have really great writing. Yeah. But this brings us to the top four scenes in BL history. Number four. Number four. Number four is one that I think a lot of people will probably put this in their top five, at least, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is from Bad Body, the kiss, the rooftop kiss mm-hmm. i love that scene there's a lot of things to like about okay, about that scene so so first of all i think i think maybe we mentioned this one with the analysis but it occurs to me the fact that it's a rooftop scene is important because bls come from japan and in japan you know like a lot of the japanese dramas they have rooftop scenes usually they're important climatic scenes they happen in rooftops like conversations important conversations breakups they happen in a rooftop so i think i think it's great that they did a, a call back to the roots of bl with this this scene so that's that's number 1 number 2 it has great acting and number no, uh, number 3 now i don't know what number i'm on <laughs> Now I'm, ba- I'm bad at math like Sister Unity. <laughs> I infected you in the clinic. Yes. <laughs> the other thing that I like about this scene is the cinematography. It's, mm-hmm. it's great. It has a great cinematography. Yes. So everything about that scene is just top notch. It, it is definitely, I think I think somebody said, I forget if it was you or I think it was Nola maybe who said this, that this is the best kiss scene in Thai BL history. And I think I, think I was I agree just going to say, I think it's a big thing to say. I think it's a big thing to say, but I think it's true. I, I don't ha- I don't know if I have an order for the best kisses, but it is one of the three th- best kisses in Thai BL, in, in all BL, My, uh, yeah. like up there with the water kiss that I had in my honorable mentions. 
Um, the, mm. the, the, they were so good at kissing each other. I mean, they're mm. really yeah. close friends. Uh, they're great actors who do not have inhibitions. They are there in their characters. They're there in the moment and they just let the physicality be pure. And it showed, yes. and it was a kiss like you or I would kiss. There yeah. No listeners if we, if that we kiss. We don't kiss at the cleaning, we are, but... <laughs> going, we, we are not going to publish videos of us kissing each other or anyone else. <laughs> However, if you wish but, to submit a video of you and your mouth, we will consider kissing you at some point. <laughs> I would say that I think that scene has all those elements. You know, you have two actors who are great at their craft and, and all specifically went to school for act. He is uh, someone that works hard at his craft. Like he's not just Was there that his to major? collect a check or, you know. Yeah, I think his major is acting. I believe so. Yeah, I'm like ninety percent sure. Oh, wow. yeah. I think he 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 did that because it was in in Make It Right. He really liked it. Yeah. There's so much that was right in Bad Buddy, so it earns the number four spot on my list as well. Oh, wow, great. And my number four scene from it, the scene where Pran is quietly suffering in bed after he and Pat. Pat is sleeping over. He's sleeping on the floor, right under the smiley lamp. We've talked about the scene in, in at least two other of our podcasts. And, they, you know, they're they're rapping. They're shooting the shit and talking. And Ink comes up. This girl that they've both been seen with, both seen each other talking to her. And so they've got to break the tension and find out, okay, what is the deal with Ink? And so I think it's Pran asked the question, do you like Ink? And Pat asked, do you like Ink? And so they're going to answer at the count of three. And they blurt out their answers. And Pran says, no. And we, the audience, know that Pran says no because Pran likes Pat, and we know it. We know he's waiting for Pat to say no so that he has a shot at Pat. And then Pat says, at the same time that Pran says no, Pat says yes, and his heart is crushed, and our hearts are crushed. Because we're like, fuck, he's straight! (laughs) I'm pretty sure everyone watching that cried. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then, God bless Nanon for having the acting chops to really play this and get it right. He was me in that bed a number of times when I've gone through that heartbreak, where you you love the guy, the guy seems to love you, but you know it's not going to happen. And he doesn't say anything, he just lays in bed and the tear rolls down the side of his face, and his face has that look of, I'm not showing anything in case I get seen, but I am absolutely plunged into sadness right now it was delightfully played it was intense and it's a moment that every gay boy uh, who's gone through that will recognize and resonate with and that's why it gets my number four i think there's a lot of tybeal actors who use uh, fake tears and you can tell because their expression doesn't change much or you can tell they're not really sad i mean sometimes it doesn't work very well but if nanon uses fake tears i mean he might or he might not but the thing he does very well is that how he changes his expression to match the mood yes. is so subtle, but you could mm. tell everything going through his head at that moment. I mean, you can mm. see it, that he, the frustration, the the pain, you know, the real pain that he feels. I mean, it, it's a beautiful scene. Bad Body is great. <laughs> he, he, he is an actor. He just lets us see his vulnerability. And it's, it is, it's like a bowl of chocolate pudding. It is so delicious to watch. It's so yeah. real. 
Um, and the other reason why it's on my list uh, in that position is because because that moment is an iconic moment in the life of many gay males who go through that unrequ- I mean, I'm sure with many people of many di- different uh, sexual preferences and romantic preferences, we all go through that unrequited love feeling. And because it's captured so well, uh, it's a universal human experience. That's why it earns it. Number four on my yeah. list for non-TIBLs comes from Japan, and it's from the Takumi-kun series, which for me is one of the all-time greatest series ever. Um, it's from the early days of BL when it was just getting started, and it's from the last of the five episodes in the series. It's the scene in that episode when Takumi has discovered that Gi has double-booked Takumi invited him to go with him to his bro- his dead brother's grave, brother that molested him. Takumi wants to go to his grave, and it's a huge thing for him to do that. And he invites Gi to go, and Gi knows that this is like the biggest, most important thing that he could be possibly invited to participate in in Takumi's life. And he double books with this stupid billiards game in which he's expected to show off and do well and win all the bets. And the scene is where Takumi is in his room, and he's at his desk doing his homework, and Guy comes to apologize and explain. He has really screwed up big time, and he knows it, and he falls apart, and Takumi is unrelenting. <laughs> he just, like, puts the knife into Guy's heart and twists it severely. I haven't watched, I can't comment too much because I haven't watched that particular scene. You are loathsome BL averse worm. You watched the first one, is that right? Yeah, I watched the first one, yeah. Yeah, the the first one is great, but the the everyone after, three, two, three, four, have a completely different cast and a completely different flavor and tone. Uh, and the Takumi mm. in, the, in, in the later ones is, uh, I think, much better than the first Takumi. And he's really the whole life of the series and what makes, what makes it worth watching. Yeah, I think, and I think it's also worth watching for the historical value of watching sort of that evolution of BL in Japan. Now this yes. is not, it's not a series in itself. It's more like a movie. It's a movie. It's a series of movies, you know. But it is yes. interesting to see that progression. That's right. We're now on number three. So number three is a non-TIBL Game Boys. It is the Elephant in the Room. Now, for context, the Elephant in the Room aired during the pandemic. I had not seen my parents because of the pandemic. I was scared of going to see them because of this virus that at that moment was very dangerous so i was kind of dealing with the pandemic you know like i was working remotely for the first time it was it was hard and in this episode and this is gonna be a spoiler if you have not watched it you can skip the next couple of seconds i guess but in uh, the elephant in the room cairo's father uh, is in the hospital with covid and at the very end of the episode cairo gets the phone call from his mom saying that his father has passed uh God, like just the acting is phenomenal, like phenomenal acting in that scene. Uh, You have to understand the actors were not interacting with each other. They were filming from home because of COVID. Yeah. And the frustration in Gabriel's eyes, right? Frustrated that he cannot help his lover because he's not able to go there. That frustration, like this is just so genuine. Like his tears are not tears because he's crying because, oh, this guy died. He doesn't even know the guy. He's crying because he's boyfriend is sad but he's also crying because he can't help his boyfriend it's like the most depressing most sad moment of his boyfriend's life and he can't be there for him i finished watching that and i had to weep quietly for 
several minutes before I, I had to compose myself before I could even grab the phone and text anyone. And then as soon as I started texting people, I cried again. And as soon as I started posting on Facebook about what I had watched, I cried again. I mean, it was just, I was devastated because, you know, I think I connected with that scene because, you know, again, my, my parents are older and I was fearing the worst at that point. So the scene really played with my, it toyed with my emotions. I think that it's hard to say is the, is the, is my favorite scene because it's so sad. I don't like watching it. But I think in terms of acting and in terms of, of the, the quality of the writing and everything, I think it is such a good scene. And I, I think if you only watch one Pinoy series, I think I think it should be Game Boy's personal. It's a, I think, I without think question, the number one Pinoy series and one yeah. of the top three or four BL series of all time, in my opinion. But we'll be doing it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That. Yeah. yeah, good <laughs> choice. Excellent choice. Yeah. Um, Game Boy's will show up. A little bit down the road in my list, uh, but for my number three for Thai BLs, uh, it is a scene I have seen three times, and I weep my brains out through my nose every single time. Very powerful scene. It's from Until We Meet Again, and if you don't know the premise, it's a couple, and it's a double suicide, and the, the parents are absolutely ashamed of what they've done, and they're devastated. At the funeral, they tie a red string, tying the two lovers' hands together, uh, and so they reincarnate, and they reincarnate, and this is a spoiler, so skip if you have yet to see Until We Meet Again. They reincarnate in each other's families, a generation down, and mm. one of them meets his grandmother who he was, he was raised away from her. There was a family split and he wasn't... And so he's going to meet his grandmother for the first time. So it's emotional for that reason. But it's also the sister of his boyfriend when his boyfriend was in the previous incarnation. Confusing? Don't worry. If you watch the series, you go through enough episodes that it makes itself clear. So his boyfriend is played by Fluke, who plays sensitive and delicate very, very well, very convincingly. And Parm, his character, is sensitive and delicate. And he's having the worst of having these flashback nightmares of their suicide. So he doesn't want to go in and investigate more about their past lives because he doesn't feel like he's ready for it. And at one point, his boyfriend has him in the car and he's going to drive him home, but they don't go home. And he's like, where are you taking me? And he's like, I want to introduce you to my grandmother. And he knows, Fluke's character Parm knows that his boyfriend's grandmother was his sister. And he's like, oh my God, am I ready for this? And Fluke plays it so carefully and so convincingly. And it builds up, the car ride builds, and the walking into the house builds. And when he walks into the kitchen, and he's, oh my God, I'm getting choked up just talking about it. And she turns around and God bless the actress, an elder actress playing this part of the grandmother slash sister and having grown old. She's so good. Her emotions, she just falls apart, recognizes who he is immediately, that she's, that, that fluke, that Parm is her, her long lost brother. And she hugs him mm. and she weeps and he weeps. And it's so affecting. It just grabs your heart and pulls it open. Brilliant premise. Beautifully done. Yeah. Beautifully acted. Couldn't be more poignant. Number three on my tie list. You know, I, I started watching Until We Meet Again. 
and I didn't finish it. And it's something I have to to do because it is definitely always I would say on the top ten of a lot of people. I mean, it is it's, it's one good. of those when we do top that... ten series, yeah. You're right. It is one of those. When we do a top 10 list, it'll be in my top 10. Yeah, I'll have to watch it before then because I, I think it, it should be on my top 10 too. <laughs> yeah. Number three on my non-Thai list is not a proper BL, but BL has adopted it into the canon. It's a bromance. It's from China and it's the untamed. Even though it's a bromance, the relationship is there and it is palpable. And a lot of people who watch it have also read the books, which have the full relationship with love and sex. Yeah. But the scene from that that for me just grabs me by the throat every time and it's late in the series again there are spoilers here so uh Wei Wuxian has come back to life he's inhabiting the body uh, of Mo and they've just come from defeating a lot of puppets zombies and they've revealed that uh, he wasn't guilty of all the things that everyone hated him for. And, and so Wei Wuxian and Lan Shan leave. But then Shang is like, no, I'm not letting you go that easily. And he confronts them. And he uses his uh, magic purple whip and knocks it, uh, him over. And Wei Wuxian passes out. And he falls into the lap of Lan Shan, who, who holds him in his lap. And that's when uh, when Ning, one of the side characters who is kind of half-living, half-zombie, you're not really quite sure, he confronts Chang, and he holds up Wei Wuxian's old sword. And he brings back something that happened earlier in the series, that the, if you have Kung Fu, if you're a cultivator, you have a golden core, this sort of like extra special soul that you have in the middle of you that makes you magical. And Chang had lost his, and Wei Wuxian took him to this mystical woman to get it fixed. And Ning reveals that that's not what happened. That Chang's core belonged to Wei Wuxian, and Wei Wuxian had it surgically removed and implanted into his brother, and never told his brother, because he didn't want his brother to know and to feel weird about it. He wanted his brother to feel like it was all his, that everything he was doing was his own accomplishments. So he never told him. And Ning reveals it by holding up Wei Wuxian's sword that has locked itself magically. It can't be drawn. And he says, pull it out. And Chang pulls it out. He's like, why can I pull it out? And he says, because it recognizes you as Wei Wuxian because you have his core. And mm. the, the, the thing that's so wonderful about this is not that the brother sort of gets a clue. It's that Lanjan is hearing the whole thing. And it cuts away to him looking at Wei Wuxian in his arms, unconscious. And it shows, oh my God, I loved him before. But hearing what he did out of love and compassion for his brother, he gave up his own golden core, the thing that made him competent and special and powerful. He gave it away. It just deepens his admiration and his inspiration and his love for his lover and for us, the audience. And we look at Wei Wuxian with new, immense admiration and we love the pair together even more intensely. And then they go off and they escape and, and the series goes on. But that moment was so filled with uh, both pathos and sensitive love. So that's my number three for non-time. Mm. We're down to the last two, everyone. You can finally get yes. some sleep and have dinner. My number two is both a historically relevant scene and also an iconic scene. And it is also one of the scenes that I probably have seen the most times and probably has made me cry the most. And that is the ending 
of love of Siam. Now, the character of Byu had grown up without, like, his grandmother had uh, had passed away. He moved from the countryside where he had hang out, he grew up pretty much with, with Tong. And when they were very little, over in the countryside, Tong had played this game in which he had hidden all these pieces of this doll. And the last piece of the doll was the nose, and the nose was under a tree. Now, when they were playing the game, they collected all the pieces together. But when they went on to collect the nose, some guys came in and removed the tree, and so they took the nose, and the doll was there, but it had no nose. Jump forward to Tong, says to Mew, I cannot be your boyfriend, but that doesn't mean I don't love you. He gives him the nose. That's his gift. And Mew... He goes back to his house and he puts the nose on the doll. And then he weeps. And I think that scene, for a lot of people, when they see that that scene, they think, oh, he's sad because his boyfriend just rejected him. But when you analyze that movie and you realize what the movie is about, the movie, you know, when the movie ends, the movie has this quote in it. It says, oh, to all the loves that brings brings us to life. The idea is that the movie is about love. And so the reason that Mew cries is because, like the doll, he was missing one piece. The piece that he was missing was love. The fact that Tong told him that he loved him made him feel complete, like the doll. And so he's not crying because he's sad, he's crying because he's happy. And to me, when I watch that, knowing that, I weep every time I watch. I mean, I probably, I get shocked up thinking about it. I mean, it, it is a beautiful, beautiful scene is really what BL is about because it is a story that's being told and that could be told with a boy and a girl. It could be told with a boy and a boy. Well, they choose a boy and a boy to tell this story. The first time I saw it, I thought they broke up because uh, the boyfriend was straight. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah, and he was like, you know, we've been very close and all, but I'm not that way. And then I watched it the second time. I was like, no, I don't think that's right. I don't think, I don't think it's that he's straight. I think it's like you said, that he circumstantially can't be in the relationship mm-hmm. yeah i think we should do an episode on love of siam because i think it is one of the most misunderstood endings yeah a lot of people don't understand the ending yeah yeah and i think when you understand the ending it makes it more powerful it's devastating that that he had lived all that time and he didn't feel love and now he feels love and it, it, his reaction is you know natural he cries yeah so yeah. yeah my number two is something that you've already had on your list It's from Bad Buddy, and it's the same rooftop scene, but I chose it for a different reason, and it's at number two for an important reason for me. It's the rooftop scene when their parents have just found out that they're boyfriends, Pran and Pat. And so the the shit has hit the fan. They've been scolded by their homophobic parents' reaction, and they're on the roof, and Pat has fallen apart, and he's just weeping. He can't take it. And Pran arrives... And scoops him up in his arms and says, let's let's leave. Let's get out of here. And Pat just weeps in Pran's arms. And for me, the reason it's number two on my list is because of all the BL series I've seen, this was the first time in a very, in a prominent series, in a very pronounced scene with real emotional intensity, that a couple is shown facing a deal-breaker amount of duress and they hew together it brings them together 
They literally, the blocking is that they're holding each other. The director is so smart, has them clinging to each other and supporting each other while being vulnerable, while falling apart. That as opposed to choosing the dramatic, I mean, lovely writer. I, I love that series very much. But they do make the choice to separate the lovers because it's painful, it's dramatic, and it'll end up emphasizing how much they love each other by showing how much they're in pain. But Bad Buddy makes a different choice. He goes in the other direction and shows how much they love each other by them navigating the deal breaker, the heartbreaker, the tragedy together as a couple. And when I'm looking for series about love, that's serving me up one of the core lessons, core experiences of love in an artistic form. I ate it up with a spoon. It was delicious. As we've said, the actors are superb. They played it so well. It made it very, very powerful. Um, I will always remember that scene from all BLs. And so that's number two on my list. Yeah, it is. It is like I, I had mentioned it before. It is a very good scene. I find it a little bit, I mean, it is, it's, it's sad, you know, and I, and I have a hard time picking those sad scenes as, as in my top, you know, because it, it, we don't like to experience those emotions, but it is definitely a cathartic scene. Like you, 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 you can go through this uh, catharsis, you know, when you watch it, because we have all been there. We have all been where they are at. We have all faced that kind of adversity, you know, when we're not accepted by society, by people that we love or whatever, you know, like it, it is, it's a universal experience for gay men. If it were just sad, it would not be so high on my list. But the mm. fact that it is sad, but it is narratively, it's about the fact that the couple stays together, that they cling together in, the, in adversity rather than separating because of the adversity. That's what makes it, uh, for me, that's, it gives it a quality, it puts it up high. My yeah, yeah. non-tie number two is... For also from the Japanese movie, Him. I absolutely love that movie. And it's when the, uh, as I said, the boys, uh, the boyfriends split up in college. And now years later, one has come back from Australia where he had been a professional surfer, didn't go well, had a wife, didn't go well, had a daughter. He arrives with his four or five-year-old daughter and tries to win his boyfriend back. And it's the confession scene when the daughter has just been taken away by the mother. And it's just the two of them. They're at a low point and they're in uh, Shun's house, this little ramshackle cabin. And they're sitting at a, 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 on either side of a table on the floor. And Nagisa tells the story of why he broke up and that he went to Australia to be a surfer and he got married because he thought he was supposed to. And that every time he was with his wife and then when they broke up, every time he was with another guy, it, he finally realized that what he was looking for in all these people was Shun. And Shun is like, what are you kidding me? I have gotten over you. I finally got some peace of mind. You absolutely destroyed me. And now you come up with this. It's completely unreasonable of you to do this. It's completely unac unacceptable for you to ask me to get back together. And he says, no. And Nagisa climbs over the table, grabs his hands, and he climbs over the table, and he embraces, and, and Shun is like pulling away. He's like, no, I'm out of here. And Shun leaps on him and, and holds him like a, like, like a baby clinging to a mother, and he won't let him go. And Shun, and Shun finally lets go and accepts him, and they're weeping together, and then they start to kiss, and they're together for, from, from then on. It's about them being together. And that moment was a beautifully played scene in a very quietly beautiful movie. And it was heartrending to know, to see someone who has really fucked up and fucked someone else up 
and try and ask, can it be better again? And to see someone else first be like, yeah, that's right. No, I wouldn't. No, that is unacceptable. And then to see him change his mind is a testament to like, cause that could be really hokey. That could be really like, oh, well, he changed his mind because the writer told him to change his mind. So it's hard to do that scene well, but the right credit to the writer, director, and the actors to get it right and to do it well so that it was believable when they came together, when Shun gave in. But that scene was real beautifully intense. Well, that leaves one left. That makes me think that his is a, one, a series I have to watch. I have heard about it. I remember seeing it when it came out. I remember seeing the trailers for it. I wanted to watch it, but it's one of those things that there's so much to be able to watch. I think was I think his is from 2020, maybe is it? Is it 2020? The, the movie is the series may have been earlier than that. And make sure you watch the series first. The series is really like a BL. It's like a I mean, it's a good BL. It's not a great BL, but it's a good BL. Um, but make sure you watch that first, so that the depth of feeling will be carried from that into the movie. Yeah, because I think isn't this series the one that's about the kids? Like they're like yeah. children, or they're like yeah, okay, yeah, teens, yeah, teens, yeah, so or teens, yeah. So I, I think I started watching that, and it's not that I didn't like it. It's just that I just there's so much other stuff that I was watching because I think it's like it was like when I watched it, it was 2020. So yeah. and now it's even harder. There's so much to watch. <laughs> the also are like bamboo. They pop up everywhere. They grow fast and you, and you can't yeah. keep up with them. Yeah, I can't keep up with them. It's very hard to keep up with it. Well, doctor, I've looked in the waiting room and there's only one patient for each of us left. Would you like to announce your patient? Yes. So again, this was very hard for me to pick my number one scene. And so what I did is I did the math, right? Like I told you, because I'm a scientist. So I had to do the math, and I think what stood out, <laughs> well, what stood out about this scene is that this scene to me had both happy and emotional moments in it. So I I laugh, I cry, kind of thing. You know, I was wasn't really laughing, more like smiling throughout this scene. And it's it's a little surprise for me that it was this particular scene because I was expecting it to be something from Love Sick, something from Love of Siam, from something from his coming to me. But it's actually Game Boys. The last episode of Game Boys. And the reason this scene makes it to my top number one is because it has all the elements that we have to talk about here. I think that the acting is, is good. I wouldn't say it wasn't the best acting that the actors did, but it was very good. The directing was on point. There's a lot of symbolism going on. And the way that the director uses the music to set up the mood, which is something we don't really talk about a lot here, but... but I, a lot of times the mood of a scene, the way that they set up the scene, and I forget what they call that. I think it's called the ambience, right, of the scene or something and the, like that. Or the score. You could call it scoring. The sc well, the score of the music, but I'm saying the entire thing. is It goes from the lighting to the music that sets the mood to uh, everything, yes. right? The mise-en-scene. So, yeah, the mise-en-scene. That's what it is, the mise-en-scene. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not going to pronounce it well. You know that. <laughs> but yes. You're laughing at my I'm French. I'm going to speak more French. <laughs> I'm going to speak more French in our podcast just to get you yeah, to yeah, try yeah. and pronounce them. Misson-san, misson-san, misson-san. Yeah, so I know much. I know how it's spelled, though. I know how it's spelled. But uh -huh. that's exactly what I was thinking of. Well, yeah, so that yeah, is yeah. so well done here. Gabriel is going to see Cairo at the airport. We're thinking, as viewers, we're thinking, at least I was thinking, oh, this is going to end with, with the classic scene in the airport, right? I mean, we have watched that. Dozen of times, right? So we watch the dozen of, of times. Stars. Yeah. yeah, I mean, 
I mean, in, in regular, like, retro, retrosexual romantic movies, I mean, everything, you've watched it, right? I don't watch those. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the hetero yes. movies, that's, it's a very common trope. It's a cliche. You know? It's yeah. a cliche. Yeah. So I was expecting that. But it turns out that Gabriel is talking to uh, Pearl. And Pearl is seeing, like, Pearl is seeing behind Gabriel. And, and we don't see, like, we the audience see it with Pearl. That behind Gabriel is Cairo. So Cairo actually made it to Gabriel's house. And he's right there. And we have not seen them interact physically other than the plastic keys that I refuse to think was real. <laughs> that was a dream that never happened. So they have never interacted. And it's like, oh, there's so much emotion in that scene. And they play this, this the OST. They play this song and this song goes in crescendo at that moment where we see Cairo so it is I don't know it, it just ups the emotion and then you know they kiss and when they kiss you know there is this this scene the episode is called crossing the line and so he crosses the line like I think it's, it's Gabriel who crosses the line first and then he pulls the the mask Cairo's mask and it is like he's on uh, pulling the veil of his uh uh wife to be you know <laughs> of his bride he's pulling the, the veil of the bride it's just a great scene the kiss is not probably wouldn't be my top five kiss but it is a very decent kiss but it's all the emotion is the score of the scene is the missing son it is a sin <laughs> well it's funny you mention that because my number one for non-tie is game boys and it is the oh, wow. scene where the plastic kiss happens, but it's not the kiss through the plastic. And I, when we get all, when we're done with the podcast, I need to hear from you what the hell you mean by you don't think that scene happened or that kiss happened. Um, I refuse it to is say right, it happened. It, it is right before that. It's when they meet on opposite either side of the street and they walk oh, into the streets yeah. together. Yeah, and they're so they're so moved to be before each other after having fallen in love online, after all the, the episodes that lead up to it, being contentious at first, and Gabriel's being so such a minx, uh, and sort of wheedling his way into Cairo's heart, and, and getting Cairo to openly accept him, and then they openly love each other, and then it builds, and then they... And, and, and it was happening right, right in the direst part of the pandemic all over the world. None of us were going anywhere, the smart ones, None of us were, you know, hooking up or anything, the smart ones. And <laughs> they take the chance and they get together and they walk for, to the center of the street. And it was especially Kokoi uh, playing Gabriel. His face in that scene was extra. It, it was so in the moment, so open, so vulnerable. His eyes are just wide and wet with tears. He's so happy he's so moved he is experiencing love the way all of us want to experience love we want to be soaked in it like a sponge in raspberry wine and he does it for us and that was just joyful and powerful and it made me cry for the best reasons so that i i that series is a very special series and and so that's a scene from it is also my number one. My number one for a tie BL, and not everyone will agree with me about this, but it's my number one because I, anyone asks me, what is the most memorable scene you can think of? Bam! It's the first thing I think of. And I think of it many times in many conversations about BLs. And I've heard other people and read other people online 
it everyone knows that scene because it's such a poignant scene it's from theory of love and it's the the parts of kai and turd such a difficult name for an american audience played by off and gun respectively and it's the train station scene now everyone listening to this podcast who knows bls knows exactly the scene i'm talking about it is uh to set it up for those who don't know it yes this is a bit of a spoiler off's character kai has shunned gun in the first whole first half of the series he gun is in love with kai and he's trying to admit it to kai and kai keeps not seeing it and pretending it's not happening treating third as <laughs> like he's a turd uh just treating him really mm-hmm. awfully and then he gets a clue third gives up on him right as he gets a clue and he's like wait a minute i have feelings for third he's been more than a friend he's always there for me and he starts to try and woo third and third is not having it so there's four of these friends in this friend group and uh white the actor is is playing one of the characters in the friend group much to dr fish's delight and Mm -hmm. they're all gonna go and they're all in the film department they're all movie makers and they're gonna go scout a location on some resort island or some resort beach and they're gonna they've made a plan to go on the train and Kai is like, great, you guys have classes. I'll get there early. I'll wait for you guys. I'll get the tickets and I'll wait for you guys. I'll have the tickets and we can go. And he waits and he waits and he waits. And all of the other three have ditched him. And and so Kai is softened up a little, but not quite because he did ditch him. But Kai finds out that he's been that he's still at the train station. And he's like, wait a minute. Is he still there? He's not waiting, is he? He can't be waiting like uh, yeah, yeah, I wanted to ditch him, but I didn't think he'd be waiting for us. Like, that's just cruel. And so he runs through the streets to the train station. He gets to the train station, and he sees Kai all alone on this bench, slouched with the tickets in his hand. Like a good dog, like a good puppy, he did the right thing. He did the loyal thing. He waited long past their train had left, mm-hmm. just in hopes that the friends would show up. It The pathos just plucks at your heartstrings. And uh, Third walks up into him, and Kai, st- and they're standing facing each other in the middle of the platform. And Kai says the most beautifully pathetic thing. He says, well, you know, there's still time we could go tomorrow, but, you know, if you guys, I know you guys ditched me, and so if you don't want to go with me, that's totally fine. Here are the tickets. You guys can just go without me, and that'll be fine, because I I, I understand how I've been, and I understand. And Turd just looks at him and just pulls him, hugs him, and pulls him close and cries with him in his arms. And Kai looks kind of, like, surprised, because, you know, why is Turd liking me all of a sudden? And and Gunn is such a sincere actor. He is one of the best at playing things for real and for sincere and for going right from the heart, right into the heart of the audience. And when he cries, and oh my God, he cries so much in the first half of the series. Uh, they even make a joke out of it with him weeping in the shower. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the shower weeping scenes. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, but... When that tear rolls down his face and his eyes, he doesn't say a word. Gunn is a very quiet, silent actor and and even offstage a personality. But his eyes contain so much. And and, and the look on his face and that tear rolling down heightens the pathos. When you feel his heart open to this fucking idiot who was an asshole but came around and found sincerity and waited all this time for his friends and just got his heart trashed 
by the friends ditching him. And how could you not hold him? And he does. Really, really poignant scene. I don't know if it's the setup, if it's, it, you know, just the spareness of the platform and the fact that there were crowds and then the people were all gone in the late hour. We've all waited for friends. We've all had love turn us down. We've all missed our chances. It encapsulates all of those moments for us. We're all the lost puppy that didn't get the bone. We're all the, the lost lover that didn't get the love. And Kai embodies that for us. And third is the one that we have aligned with the, the story, the way it's told, we're all aligned with third um, and uh, we're, we're cheering for third. And so when he accepts the, lo the lost puppy, it's a, just a, an emotional coming together of pathos and love that um, is, really pulls your heartstrings. So that's, that's my all-time number one most memorable best scene in Ty BLs. Well, ladies and gentlemen... You now know the top 10 BL scenes of all time as far as BLs have been produced up, up until August of 2022. Actually, I got a suggestion from Dr. Hernandez. Dr. Hernandez wants us to diagnose uh, what he calls blue ball syndrome. It's, it's sort of like <laughs> the other, the, the, the forgotten stepsister of these sexual ret, ret, uh, reticence. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of the ugly stepsister of sexual reticence in our previous yeah, yeah. episode. That's right. All the poor uh, semes who've been left with blue balls by a uh, winsome UK who just can't possibly do that. Well, but, 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 but this was hilarious. He's not talking about the blue ball syndrome of the semi. That's true. He's talking oh, he about, talking about the blue balls of the audience. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. It's Dr. Hernandez, you know. You know, it's... So, well, there you have it. We got our top 10 out. What were your favorite scenes? Right after the outro, stay tuned. Because Sister Unity and I will discuss the honorable mentions, which we carefully selected and curated just for you. A bonus episode right after this outro. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Video Clinic. We'll see you next time. Until then, keep watching BL and support your actors. But please, don't obsess too much. That's right. Remember to be a fan, but not infatuated. So we hope you enjoyed our work, and we'll see you back in the clinic. Cough, cough. That's it. Shall we dive in? We shall dive in. So let's start with our honorable mentions. Do you want to start with one of your honorable mentions? My first honorable mention is from Together, from Still Together. And it was when Tyne is out by the swimming pool and Watt has left to go and practice with the band at the band leader's house and he's shut them all in and they can't contact their loved ones and blah, blah, blah. So Tyne is at their apartment and he's out by the pool and he's holding one of those little dolls, those little stuffed dolls that they had of both of them. And he's holding the one of Watt and he's crying. Mm -hmm. It was such a dear moment. It was such a touching moment for me. I felt like exactly like he feels uh, many times when I was his age. Uh, missing people and missing feeling feeling like I was missing out on love, so uh, I thought that was an extremely yeah. well done separation scene. So that's my first honorable mention. You've got a lot of honorable yeah, mentions. Why don't had, you give us one? My honorable mention, my my first one is uh, actually one of my favorite scenes in Love Six Season Season One. It is a scene in which No and Poon are in the locker room, and Poon had accidentally thrown some water on No, and so No is all wet, and he goes to the locker room to get dried, and so Poon gives him a towel. And he offers him, I think it's when he offers him the towel, 
no goes and says, I don't want to. I don't want it, right? And you know how they say that in Thai, right? No. Remind they me? say meow. Oh meow. yeah, meow. Yeah, it sounds like sounds like a cat. It yeah. sounds like a cat. Yes, it's like meow, meow, yeah. meow. Yeah. So he says that repeatedly, and I he's looking. That. He's looking at at what? Yeah, he's meow, looking meow, at meow. at, uh, at Poon. <laughs> so and cute. to me, it's so adorable, so and, adorable. And Captain is so good at it, yeah. and he just yeah. looks so tender. And he's during season one, so White is actually taller than Captain, so he's looking up, and it's very well. Cute. That changed. So I thought this scene worked very well. Yeah, there's oh, that changed. It's not quickly. the only series where there's <laughs> there's some series I can't remember which one where so it's not a rape scene, you know. God forbid. Um, but there's some scene where someone is, you know, trying to force love on someone else and they're going meow. And it's like a tense scene, but they're going yeah, yeah, meow, 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 meow. And all you can think <laughs> of is like, there's a kitten being attacked. Yeah. And actually it's not me. It's like my, it's like my ow, my ow. Yeah. Mm. But it sounds like meow, but it it's sounds my, like it sounds my is no one then Ow is, yeah. Ow, ow is, it's like, oh, it's like, yeah. So my, ow, my, ow. so the other one that I have is, this is a very quick one. Uh, the effect. So the effect is a horrible series. I don't recommend it to people. It's a uh, horror series or horrible it. series. It's kind of both. I mean, mm-hmm. uh-huh. it's a horrible series. In <laughs> it's the a sense horror, of horrible the horror topic. Series. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's the topic is terrible. So the the series is about rape. Oh, um, and it is just it's it's a I I I watch it because yeah. I thought maybe I could see something in it. Yeah. But it was just not very pleasurable to watch. I did not like it. Yeah. But the ending, the last five seconds of the series, you are like, what happened? Everybody talks about the ending, right? So that's that's why it makes it honorable mention. Very well done. You did not spoil that at all while you still were able to talk about it. So my next runner-up is from Tarn Type, the first season. And it was a, for me, it was a remarkable moment acting-wise. And very, very quiet, intimate scene. Mew playing Tarn. And I can't tell if he was, if he meant to do this. It looks to me, as an actor, it looked like he was so in the story, so in character, so in the moment that he just started to cry. Mm. Uh, Golf playing type looks at him and he looks surprised. It's a very genuine moment. It looks like Golf is saying to Mew, why are you crying? And he like whispers it real soft under his breath, like like it's not a, one of their lines. But whatever it is, yeah. however it was created, written or not written, it was genius because uh, Mew or Tarn is so in the moment and he's so grateful to be back with the person he loves. Very sincerely and organically played by both actors. So that one that one was uh, just rang like a bell in my heart. Mm, but it mm, only makes yeah, runner up. Yeah, I don't remember it only that makes scene. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that scene, but I do remember that that Tarntype had a couple of really good moments and mm. most of them came from uh Golf and Mew playing off mm. each other. I yes. think I think something you have told me before which is that some actors, some pairs mm-hmm. work very well and people think it's because they have chemistry right and they think i think a lot of people think that chemistry means that they have like some kind of love connection but actually it's more some kind of emotional almost like a ping pong right like like they bounce things from each other right that's exactly and so what we is. see that with yeah 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 you have told me this that's that's why i'm telling you this because <laughs> i learned this from you <laughs> so so i think i think mu and, and golf are, are that kind of pair so yeah yes. no they, they have a lot of good scenes Om and nanon have have it in spades Om and nanon, yeah. it is delicious mm-hmm. it yeah. is you know so smart of the production company to uh see that and put it and put it in a series 
Um, tell, give us another something one your... we don't talk about a lot is is the work of the casting director. Right? Yes, I mean that is that is a big job. It yeah. is a big and important job. Okay, what's your next one? Yeah, so. Oh, so my next one, I, I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm going to be careful here when I talk about this, but He, She, It. Now, if you have seen this series, there is a very important scene in this series that is in the swimming pool, right? Yes. There is something very shocking that happens in that swimming pool. And, and, and when you watch that series, it haunts you because later on, one of the characters reminisces about that moment. And it, the whole thing just plays out very realistic and to me, from the perspective of the of the one guy that that uh, that that's played by Jeff Satur, right? So Jeff Satur's character, yeah. I think you have mixed feelings about what happens in that scene. You don't know if to hate him or if you don't know if you want to forgive him. But I would say it's it's a very shocking scene. So that's that's what it makes it to my top. I mean, uh, my your runners up, my my honorable mentions, honorable yeah. mentions. My next honorable mention is uh, it's 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 not you know it's not winning the Oscar. Um, but it had this one moment that I will always treasure, and that was, it's from Tohan Chanlati. Tohan's father is uh, just out-and-out out homophobic. All of a sudden, Chan's mother, Chan and his mother are sort of standing nearby. They've come over to make peace, and they walk in on this scene where the father is cussing out his son for uh, being with a guy. And the mother hears it all, and she just snaps, and she is done. And she comes in and goes off on him and cusses him out in the most flamboyant, delightful style. And for those of us who are uh, gay or queer and have just sat through homophobic parent scenes in BL after BL, this is the one time when it turns around and the parent being homophobic um, isn't a cause of tragedy and angst, but gets a pie in the face that was well-deserved. And she does it in such delightful flair. Both the writing was good and the actress had a real had a lot of fun with it. And so that, that stood out as a, a delicious moment for me. So that gets an honorable mention. It's also very delicious whenever you see a, a woman stand up to a man, you know, I mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. Especially in a society like like Thailand, where we I would say we can safely assume that it's pretty male dominated. So for lovely writer, I had the Aoi Aoi. I don't know how to pronounce that. Aoi Aoi Aoi. Yeah, yes. yeah, I yeah. He eats the flowers. Yes. Right. I'm still learning the Thai vowels. They're very difficult to pronounce. But yeah, yeah I eats the flowers. Mm -hmm. I thought that scene was very poignant, and I really enjoy that scene. Uh, it's a scene that somebody else mentioned to me they also like. So I know that a lot of people, I think, really, uh, when they watch the series, it's a scene that really st stuck uh, with them. Uh, so the other one that I have is Te Breaking Down in, in Itse. So in uh, I Told the Sunset About You. Mm -hmm. So in that, in that series, Te Breaks Down when he kind of realizes that he's gay. And that whole, like, it's, it's not just one scene. It's, it's all that entire part of the of the series, pretty much. It's just very unique, and it has a lot of shocking, important moments from Te coming out to himself, mm. to him talking to his to his mom about it, yeah. to him masturbating, watching mm -hmm. that Chinese the, the picture, picture of his on favorite the wall, actor. the Chinese mm -hmm. guy. Yep. Yeah, the picture of his favorite actor. And he stops masturbating because it just the light bulb goes off. And I think his brother, I think in that same kind of, in a subsequent scene or maybe a scene before that, his brother tells him like, hey, you know, 
it's no problem you know i'll mm. support you beautiful scene and I, I i that scene made me cry you know mm -hmm. if you have not watched i told sonsero you you need to watch it i mean it is definitely one of the best bls ever well, my next honorable mention is also from uh, I, uh, I Told Sunset About You, and it is The Underwater Kiss. Now, they fall apart again right after that scene. <laughs> uh, it seems they're always coming together and falling <laughs> apart. Um, but that underwater kiss, there's a lot of kisses in BLs. There's a lot of underwater kiss scenes in BLs. And that one was the best underwater kiss I've seen and one of the best kisses i have seen it's probably my number two kiss of all time uh, maybe my number one for cinematography it was lyrical poetic sensual romantic absolutely like a song of a scene okay so my next one is actually from uh i promised you the moon oh so is mine and in and it is the scene in which all sits in the couch. And I call him All because it's easier for me to say that than his name. My whole name is like, oh, wow. So All sits on the couch. They've broken up and he's at his staying at his friend's house and Tay comes to try and win him back. Yes, and Tess sits by him and starts kind of explaining himself and kind of asking for forgiveness. Yeah. And always just sitting there and he's just taking it all in, but he does not want to break down. And, and I think what I enjoy about that scene is the acting, but also the directing, you know, how they how they frame the, the scene. Mm. It's sad, it's haunting, but it's a beautiful scene, beautifully acted, and it, it's just, it strikes you, it, and it hits you. It, it hits looks you so, so hard, real, you know? it does, it does, and it, it looks, looks so real. real. I mean, that's mm -hmm. what makes it uncomfortable, yeah, it looks, yeah, it yep. looks very real, because yep. we have all been there at yep. some point, I yep. think, yep. and it is, it is, He's trying to hold it all in because he does not want to break down in front of his ex. Right. That's what it is. Right. And you the way know, he rejects like, I think his that's, ex that's the, yeah. is yeah. so yeah. devastatingly familiar. Yeah. He just says, no, I'm not, you know, no, it's not yeah, going to work. Get out. You know? Please leave. Because he's like, mm. he's like, pr like praying almost, you know, he's like, he's like begging, you know, begging. Mm. Mm. He's mm. like, no. No. But you know that the minute that he walks off that scene, right? And I think I think that's what happens to him, right? But you know the minute he walks off that couch, on the following scene, he breaks down, mm. right? And that that's what happens to people, right? You're holding it in in front of your ex, the guy leaves, and you break down. Mm. Yeah. And you it, wonder if he did the beautiful. right thing. Yeah. Yes, and I you only wonder have, if he did the right thing. Yeah. I only have mm. two more honorable mentions before we get to the top tens. Okay. Uh, and mine are both from the movie Water Boys with Ern as the lead character. Okay. And Maybe the, you can do them together. Yeah, thank, okay. And um, uh, and uh, the recently deceased... Um, oh, dear, I'm forgetting his name. <laughs> Beam. Dean. Beam. 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 Thank you. Okay, cut that part out. Uh, with Ern <laughs> in, the, in the lead role and uh, the other lead, uh, Beam, who uh, extremely tragically uh, passed away this year. Um, he he was a beautiful actor. He was a beautiful young man, and it's an, an enormous loss. So the first uh, the first uh, honorable mention scene is the bathroom uh, at the restaurant or the club where they are, um, and it's the scene where they first confirm that they do in fact love each other. Like they're both feeling hurt and jealous and scorned, uh, and then Ern just kisses Beam, um, and confirms like yeah. No, I'm chasing you because I actually do love you. I'm not torturing you and teasing you and taunting you. I actually love you. Um, 
And then the second one is the ending when uh, they've <laughs> been apart and they almost come together. He goes to Bangkok to find the guy, but they miss each other because the girlfriend play, sort of played a trick on them. And you're just your heart is being wrung out. And, you know, you've weep, wept all your tears because the series was really good at, at pulling them out of you. And you think it's over. And he goes off to college and you're like, oh, oh, and he's going to college. and You're like, geez, they're taking a long time showing him just getting to his room in college. Why are they showing him a long time? <laughs> and then you start to realize that they're doing something. You're like, what? Wait, wait a minute. Could something special happen? What's going to happen? And then just this enormously satisfying ending when the couple finally comes together in a really, you know, clever, tricky way, but a just lovely, sweet way at the very last moments of the movie. Very satisfying. You know, I, very I, have, emotional. I have an anecdote about that scene. Uh, I have watched Waterboy probably three times, and I know exactly how it ends. I have seen it many times. And uh, I think the first time I watched it, maybe I might have cried a little bit in, in one of the other scenes. But that, that ending I saw coming from far far away, right? Right. Uh, at least for me, you know, I was like, well, maybe that's what's going to happen, right? Because like you're saying, like, they build it up in such a way that you mm -hmm. kind of know something's going to happen. But for me, like, the last time I watched it, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was my mood or I don't know why. But that scene when Beam holds him and, and like, mm. uh, hugs him. When he hugs him yeah, and he tells him, like, don't you ever do problem? that to me again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't ever leave me. I, I cried. Yeah. I cried. Yeah, don't leave me. Don't do ever, don't ever do that again. I cried. Yeah. I, I couldn't hold it. Yeah. And he says, uh, it's, uh, Ern says, yeah. um, um, can I live with, can I stay with you? And uh, Beam says, yeah. uh, how could that be a problem? Yeah. Yeah. No, that scene, that scene is interesting mm -hmm. because it, it got me. It got yeah, me. Yeah. Ern <laughs> is so good at, being really earnest but with a with with just like a spoonful of pathos he's so cute and then when he's sincere the cuteness with sincerity and then this little drop of pathos on top it's just irresistible yeah well my i'm gonna do my last three very quickly my last three on all mentions so i'm just gonna mention them so one thing is from brack dial brack brack dial <laughs> why say that i'm gonna, cut that. I'm gonna cut that out <laughs> It's it's from Kyrgyzstan <laughs> yeah. and it's a breakfast so, cereal. Yeah, <laughs> Rag Diao. So it's from Rag Diao, and it is the the bathroom scene. So if you have seen this, you know which one I'm talking about. And it is the moment. So the series it, it was supposed to be a a regular lacoon, right? And the idea was it was going to be maybe like twenty or thirty episodes. And so it took them maybe until and I can't remember what episode this happened on, but it, it was like maybe six, seven, or eight episodes in. You know, it was it was we had been waiting a long time, and we had no idea if Rack like the owl, right? We kind of suspected that the owl like Rack. We didn't. We had not seen Rack liking the owl, and in that scene is when you realize. Because of the way it plays out, you realize that Rack likes the owl, and I, I literally had to hold myself from screaming like a <laughs> like a Fujoshi because I was girl. so excited. Uh, yes, the the little girl in me came, not little girl, the the, the woman in me came out, <laughs> and I wanted to scream, you know. So it was really mm. funny, and and I had I, I I watched it, and I was able to talk to Doctor Hernandez about it, and I think he, he was also excited about it. So. Um, 
The other one is a very memorable. I, I had it because I think it's one of the most memorable scenes from his coming to me. It is the scene in which Mess can reappear. So Mess is the character displayed by Sinto. And if you have watched this, you know what scene I'm talking about. Because it is a devastating scene. And I'm just going to leave it at that because I want to get to the next one. The next one is from Lovesick. But how do you know which scene? You know me. How do you? Hang on. Let's go back a minute. How do I know which scene from He's Coming to Me? It is the rooftop scene where Mess can reappear. Oh, that is devastating. You remember that now? Mm. Yeah, it is a devastating scene, and it made me cry. I think a lot of people cry. I mean, I spent most of his coming to me crying because I, for some reason that I can't explain, I cried on the first episode, and I'm probably the only person that cried on the first episode. I don't know why. Because you used to date a <laughs> But I cried on the first episode. Memories. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just cried on the first episode. And I cry all of... I pretty much cried on all the episodes, yeah. I was a crybaby watching it. Did you cry um, tears or ectoplasm? Uh, I think it was tears. But <laughs> Mess cried sure. ectoplasm. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. 